0: Hey, I'm Tommy Chong, welcome to High on
1: Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to another episode of High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Growroom.com. This is episode five of the Grow Guides. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about cannabis seeds and cuttings from cannabis plants as well. We're going to explain where to get your seeds from, uh, depending on which country you're in, what seeds to get, you know, cause there's autos, feminized and regulars. There's, there's different types, but we're going to explain that as well. And what types of seeds we would recommend for new growers. So lots of info in this episode. It's a good long grow guide section. We've got some good questions at the end for the Q and A as well. I hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to, head over to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and subscribe, just go to youtube.com slash high on homegrown. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grow Guides. Don't forget there's four more episodes before this one as well explaining everything you need to know about how to start your own grow. And next week, we're gonna go on to germinating cannabis seeds and planting the cuttings and actually starting the grow off. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we'll catch you on Sunday for the main show. And we'll see you there. Catch you in a bit. yes yes everybody and welcome to this week's section of the grow guides this week we're going to be talking about where to get cannabis seeds what type of cannabis seeds are good to get for a beginner grower and if you can where to get cuttings from if you're in a legal place or able to get them because cuttings might be better than seed for you it just depends what's good for your situation so so far we've covered uh what things to think about before you start a cannabis grow then we discussed equipment then we discussed uh, what different mediums you can use to grow cannabis in. And the week after that, which is part four, was all about nutrients. So now you're at a stage where you want to get some, some seeds or some cuttings and begin the actual grow. So that's what we're going to discuss this week, to try and give you an idea of what you should do for the next step. So most people would start growing their cannabis from seed, right? Would everybody agree to that?
2: Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Let's
2: well, say it. it's the majority of, of what... Oh, we can do, isn't it? Because it's, it's so fucking hard to get cuttings or fucking things up, you know, when you're in a, the in a legal country.
3: Cuttings require, at least, yeah, in the old school, let's assume mm-hmm. we're not legal. Cuttings require a, a hell of a network of people to actually, mm-hmm. you know, you have to know growers. The growers have to trust you and mm-hmm. the growers have to be able to clone themselves. A lot of people don't. Um, so yeah, seeds, because most people find seeds in their bag, right? And they yeah, like, hey, yeah. this.
0: So, and that's really, I think, in my opinion, at least where most new growers, a lot of them start with a bag seed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I not have... the best idea, but at least you get your feet wet. Some mm-hmm. you
2: know of the best weed has come from bag seeds?
3: Yeah. yeah. You never nah, know.
0: Some weed has, <laughs> not some of the best, just
1: some weed. It must have been <laughs> decent, but the good shit takes refining, you know, getting the right genetics together to make the good shit. Because gr- Gorilla Glue number four is apparently one of those. Yeah, yeah, glue nice number five. Yeah, it came from too. a bag seed, but that That's took refining fun. as well, didn't really. it? It's not like they uh suddenly grown out a perfect Northern Light number five. They well, got that that, and then got loads of seeds from that, and just
3: bred them the all way, out.
1: Found a good pheno.
3: Just on a tangent, the way I understand Northern Lights number five was Seattle Greg got a bunch of seeds. He didn't know what they were, and he did grow out a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Labeled them one, two, three, four, five, however many Northern. I don't know how many there are actually. Um, there's
1: there's northern lights number nine as well there's quite a few of them
3: okay so i don't know if he went up to that far but at least he did up to five and then he just took five and i think went with it i don't know how actually he made seeds from it though that i don't know Mm -hmm. Um, i should actually we should get todd mccormick on the on the show he knows uh he has some original he knows greg and he has some original northern lights but anyway sorry tangent on northern lights let's go back to seeds
1: yeah there's loads of stories like that behind loads of strains yeah anyway I, th- I think for a lot of people, seeds are just easy because you can trust what strain it is, for one. Yeah. Then you can have them sent in the post from pretty much anywhere. But there are, of course, places around the world where you can't get seeds legally. Here in the UK, where, you, where we are in the UK, it's, you can legally possess cannabis seeds. As many as you like, there's no limit on it or anything. It's just you're not allowed to germinate them. That's when you break the law is when you germinate. So you can order any seed from pretty much anywhere in the world, and and keep them as souvenirs is what they're they're supposed to be. But of course, not many people keep them as souvenirs. They're, you know, I've got many souvenir seeds, but that's only because I haven't got a place to grow them yet. Yeah, <laughs> but they will <laughs> all be popped eventually until they get popped They're souvenirs. So um, is that the same for you in the island, GB? What's the rules for you?
2: Yeah, it's the same over here. We can um we can buy as many many seeds as we want because they are novelty purposes yeah that's what they say yeah, but, uh, yeah you just you're, you're not allowed to grow it. yeah what about you monkey
0: now well technically seeds are not legal in the United States it's part of the cannabis prohibition thing that's still going around so you know you uh, now it's it's a bit different you know because uh, if you're successful in getting a seed order in and there are ways around some of the banking rules and credit card restrictions and all that stuff in the states but uh, if if they're sending you seeds and the seeds are opened by customs, they'll they'll confiscate your seeds and send the package on, but you won't be arrested or charged or anything like that yeah. because you know that you can't mail. prove that you put that in the mail, yeah, very true things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, you may lose your you'll you lose your seeds that way, but yeah,
3: you'll lose your fucking. Cinderella ninety nine, and your Apollo <laughs> Hayes, and your fucking yeah. genius, yeah, fucking goddamn yeah. airborne G now, thirteen. Anyway,
2: sorry. We, we, we yeah, can they, see somebody is sore. Yeah, really. <laughs> now,
0: while they, while that's said and done, you know, uh thing is, I've never lost any seeds in the mail, ever. So, I mean, they've always shown up on the other side, just fine. Let's see. What about you,
1: Marj? What's
4: the story with you? Uh well, it's legal here, so it's not too bad to get mm-hmm. seeds. However, I did. I don't know if a lot of people realize this in Canada, is that technically you're only supposed to grow cannabis from legally purchased seeds, like from a dispensary.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: And that's what some a lot of people don't realize. So if you're buying it from, like when I was growing before, we were buying them from our local, uh, like hydroponic shop, which technically.
0: Yeah, it's illegal. No, no. illegal. Yeah. Oh, that, that seed hadn't been taxed. Is that the deal?
4: Uh, I don't know. They're just saying, and act, I guess that was before it was legal. So I can't really speak to that, but they just want you to buy seeds from a legal dispensary. So if it you're was, not buying them at a dispensary, they're not technically legal to grow.
3: Yeah. Before it was the same deal as you guys. They're gray market, they're souvenirs. We could buy them and just have a fuckload of weed seeds. But once they're germinated, then it's a problem. But they sold mm-hmm. them as souvenirs. Like you could go down, like Marge said, to the hydro shop and mm-hmm. they, like, you still can actually. Um, I've gotten. Mm-hmm. A uh, some packages sent to me from Ontario from said hydro shops of Humboldt Seed Organization gear. Um, mm-hmm. You can't get that in the legal market, but yeah, Marge is exactly right. You have to grow legal seeds to be legal. There's not a
1: lot of limit for you guys as well because there's a limit to how much cannabis you can have, and a seed is considered as as a gram of cannabis, right? Correct.
4: Yeah, it would it's add. Tech- but I mean, you can buy 30 grams at a time
0: how much uh like how much cannabis are you allowed an individual without a special permit to, to possess in your home at one time i don't believe I there's don't... a limit on that so so you could have a uh, a bale of weed in your house and nobody and that's not an issue
3: i don't quote me on that i uh-huh. heard when i'm on fucking youtube here but i don't think there's a limit at your house but in public i believe it's yeah. 30 gram you're not allowed to have more than an ounce okay.
0: on you yeah. right I'll... I could live with that. If, if, if I could have a, a cupboard with as much as I wanted, that would be great. Yeah. I
3: should actually check the, the act because myself, you know, before legalization, I was only allowed to have whatever my prescription allowed me, which is, you know, three grams, uh, yeah. times. Well, yeah, it was, I would have had only three ounces allowed on my person before, mm-hmm. but now I think there, I don't think there's a limit.
4: Oh, anyway. so the
1: rules differ around the world on cannabis seeds, so it's not easy for some people to get hold of it. But most seed banks around the world will still ship seeds to you. Uh, some one of the members messaged on Perseus the other day saying they are in the USA. So there's some companies like Barney's Farm apparently won't send seeds to the USA. Does he say that specifically, or it won't send seeds to countries where it's illegal?
0: Is that what they say? Yeah, but but I uh, get my barney seeds i've got them from seedsmen and i've got them from the vault so you know you just you buy them through a different retailer basically there's plenty of
1: sites that will send it to you so if you're looking for cannabis seeds go into a seed bank and get in quality genetics for for cheap i mean cannabis seeds can be anything from like five pounds uh like just cheap any lads it's not they're not expensive
0: there's some genetics you can find in in reasonable genetics just like two or three dollars a seed us and then some of it'll be uh good grief some some seeds are going for fifty dollars a bean for the really pricey mm. ones mm-hmm. special ones
2: uh, some of them are going for even five but, more yeah than that. yeah i think yes.
0: Mackie, you're about right you know five or four for a bean would be a, a good quality genetic yeah yeah
3: man
0: around at that price for people and
1: it's much better doing that than using a seed, which you don't know what the genetics are. You know, It might be out of a bag of weed, which is called bag seed. That's what we spoke about earlier. That's just the seed that's found inside a bag of cannabis like you've bought. But if you go out and actually buy a specific seed, you know what genetics they are. You have some kind of idea what the flowering period is going to be. And you know it's good shit if you buy from a good seed bank. So your time isn't going to be wasted. You ain't going to sit there for three, four months and go through this grow and end up with cannabis you're not going to enjoy you don't want to waste your time so make sure you get good seeds in the first place so there's some seed banks that all stoners would use i mean it seems to be uh, there's a a certain few that are very popular we have the Barney's farm and dutch passion seedsman they they all seem to be very popular we and uh, Barney's farm are a sponsor of purses we also have ali bongo who is known as a bongo bulk their seeds are their sponsors of purseswearing.com and you have a discount code you can use for them as well from Percy's. so feel they're free both to go beans over are there good beans too mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah and lots of people have been growing them out and they
2: seem to be pretty
1: fucking good man and they'll send I'm, worldwide
2: now i'm smoking the um, Bongo bull Sunset sherbert now as we speak nice so we,
1: you know any any sponsors we have over of are there because they're reliable and we would use them ourselves so if you if discretion is a problem for you and you want to try and keep things discreet weed seed express they are the shit for doing that. They are quality. They've sent seeds to me before that I was going to throw the thing away. Like, what the fuck is this? I didn't get this. Is this like spam? You know, is this junk mail? But it was actually the seeds were just so well disguised, that I didn't know that there were seeds in there. So if discretion is a thing that you want to try and, you know, that is important for you, then also go for that. It's not like the other seed banks are not discreet. They'd still be discreet. But if I reckon, if, even if customs opened up the ship from Weed Seed Express, they wouldn't know there were seeds <clears> in there. <throat> really fucking good, good packaging from them. Yeah. So, I mean, in the
0: States, we actually have some actual seed banks and seed breeders on, on the West Coast that you can't order from in the US, you know. So it's coming, doesn't have to go through customs. It's already already here. Yeah. So, so, Bubba
1: Hawk said there in the chat as well Weed Seed Express got seeds into Australia within two weeks of sending fast and reliable. Yeah, man. Um, and that because that, that's a problem for people in Australia as well. Apparently there's nowhere in Australia where you can buy seeds. So uh Weed Seed Express, Ali Bongo, aka Bongo Bulk Seeds, they'll get seeds to you. Don't worry about it. And of course, Ooh. if you don't have the money, you can always win some seeds from the forum known as persons go over there. There's always competitions where you can enter and just win some seeds, you know, and if you just hang around for a while and become part of the community, you might not even have to win a competition. You just be like, I need some beans, man. I don't know how to get anywhere, but I like, will send you some beans in the post, man. You're a good member. We'll send some stuff to you. So, you know, there's that too. There's always options. You can get seeds, good seeds, quality genetics from loads of seed banks all over the world. No matter where you are in the world, they can be sent to you. So that is the best option for when you're starting out.
3: I was going to say, I just wanted to speak you know, speak a bit to Monkey's point about ordering domestic. Um, because I've had problems in the past with customs, I'm a bit, you know, anxious when I do order now for probably no reason at all. I'm sure if I ordered something, it would get in no problem, likely just a random bullshit. However, um, ordering domestically inherently is always safer, you know, if you don't have to go... Be- beyond your international borders and deal with customs. And Canada has, you know, historically kind of been odd because we're like one of the weed capitals of the world, but there there are no seed banks like the ones we just mentioned like Ali Bongo or mm-hmm. uh, Weed Seed Express or the Vault or whatever seedsman, you know, there you can get them through some of the more clandestine stuff here. Um, but there are there are deep or there are bl- gray, I guess, gray to black market uh seed banks that you know jordan of the islands is a popular breeder his website is is he's been around since the early 90s so if you're canadian you probably know his stuff or you've definitely smoked his stuff their god stuff bud, right god yeah that's where that comes <laughs> from um but yeah if you do if you're in canada and you don't necessarily want to be uh restricted to the legal offerings because like nothing against the legal stuff They've, they're doing what they can you know parkland mm-hmm is putting out a lot of good gear out of Edmonton. You can get Humboldt Seed Company stuff in Ontario, apparently. I think Marge was showing me some of that, right? Um, So nice, nice named stuff uh, or good brands and and decent breeders, but still it's a pretty fledgling industry and, you know, um, breeding new novel stuff takes a long time. Uh, So my advice would be, Try because in Canada it's easier to you know be more open about growing and and stuff like that. People are usually more than happy to share genetics, myself included. You know, I've given out thousands of seeds to people, mailed out over Canada, and just in person. You know, when if if I meet you and you're like, "Hey, I like growing weed," and I'm like, "Holy fuck!" You know, I start taking really seeds.
1: They go. Yeah, yeah,
3: here's some clones too. Clones are another thing. I know we talked about the hoplite and viroid thing, but as long as you can source them properly you know if you find it if you know an old medical grower that's been growing something for years and years there's probably a good chance that they haven't had any you know external uh contamination and um therefore if you can get some clones from some reliable sources too
1: that's a good segue to, like to get on to the next bit because you can get seeds from everywhere pretty much you know find your seed bank which you prefer and if you need help picking one then come over to percy's ask a question and we can point you in the right direction yeah. but there's also cuttings, which is pretty much somebody will take a cut from a already growing cannabis plant that's in veg, and then they'll they'll plant that into something to make some roots grow on it, and then it becomes a plant of its own. And then that is a cutting, that's a clone, which some people would use to start their cannabis growth as well. And it's a good way to do things, but you, unless the, it's a trusted person where you've got the cutting from, you're not going to be entirely sure what strain it is and it could also be carrying diseases like the one we mentioned in the cannabis news, which was it called again, TG? Right. Yeah. Sorry,
3: hops. Right. yeah, yeah. it was first found in hops back in the 80s and it, was, it decimated them. I mean, hops and cannabis are extremely closely related, mm-hmm. right, and so it just jumped like like viruses do so
1: yeah the problem is if you're not growing in in an illegal place like tg's he might be able to get some uh, and then there's places in the usa where you might be able to get some but one problem with uh getting cuttings is breaking rule number one and you, you if you don't know what rule number one is then go back to episode the grow guys number one and that will explain it but you're not supposed to tell anybody about this shit and if you're getting clones from somebody somebody knows you're growing cannabis because you have just bought a cannabis plant from them or so it, out of out of the, the interest of security it's better to just go for seeds and start from the beginning so nobody knows that you're doing this this devilish I mean, activity
3: like if it's your best friend like even that you're not supposed to tell your best friend mm-hmm. and shit right so like yeah that's a touchy thing and you're exactly right if you're in a jurisdiction where maybe like ireland or england where You'll fucking definitely get in shit if somebody sees you walking. Like I've walked down the street with a pot plant in my hand, right? And people are like, Oh, what's that? <laughs> um, then nobody cares, you know, it's like that meme, nobody gives a shit with the fucking do. Jurassic Park thing. But yeah, you gotta be really careful for sure. The, that, it,
2: it, yeah, even even in the illegal spheres, you do without breaking the rules, you do tend to meet a lot of growers in your travels. That you know are growers. Do you know what I mean? Growers They're use bare,
0: certain terms, yeah. And, yeah. and if you're talking to them about cannabis, that you know, we use, we don't call it bud; we call it flower. You know, mm. different, little subtle things you'll pick up on it.
3: People who grow, yeah, there's a, like, not to sound Language. like an elitist or something, yeah. but. We definitely speak a bit different than people who yeah. only smoke it, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, this is indica dominant. Mm. Mm. You know, that's, that's, right. Right. that's not yeah. really a smoke thing.
3: It's just like, this isn't cured quite properly. right? Like, <laughs> and I, I really don't think you can really understand it unless you grow. And then you're actually the one during the curing, right? Another because, couple of
1: weeks on this and it would
3: have been beautiful. Mm-mm. Exactly. <laughs> Things like yeah. that, right? Drying or whatever it is. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's subtle hints, I guess, but do do be careful if you're going to, uh, you know, buy clones yep. and have those.
1: So then when you come to buy these cannabis seeds from a seed bank, there's going to be uh, a few different options for you. You're going to have auto flowering cannabis seeds or cannabis plants, photo period, feminized and regulars. So, and it can be a little bit confusing if you're a new grower and you see this and you're like, what the fuck do they do? Then I, I mean, with a little bit of explanation, it's easy to understand what they do. It's all pretty much what it says on the tin. But Marge, do you want to explain to people what autoflowering cannabis seeds are and what they do?
4: Oh, the autoflower are wonderful. I grew some last year, actually. And basically you don't have to worry about the light cycles. It just does its thing. Maybe that's a pretty generic way to describe it. <laughs> do
3: you mean it flowers Basically. automatically?
4: Flowers automatically, yeah. Wow, wow.
3: It grows it's and delicious. finishes and that's it. Doesn't it's matter good. what you
4: do to it; it just yeah. it'll just start to flower.
2: It yeah. knows what to do, when to do it. It is the yeah. best. It is the best plant to, or type of cannabis plant to start off growing with. I don't I know, know just, man. It's up for debate. Think. That is, yeah, I think photo yeah.
1: period is better because you you have that. You can extend the time window and get used to things a little bit more. You don't. If you fuck up early with an auto, it's going to have an effect on the rest of the life of the plant. Well, if you fuck up with a photo, you can give it more time to veg. It's, it's up for debate, and it. Same an
0: auto time. though, an auto is it's going to be kinder to a new grower because you can open that tent any time of the day or night and peek yeah. on it. it. Doesn't make any difference. You're not going to you're not going to make the plant harm with a light shock or anything right. like that. So in that respect, I don't know, it's a little bit friendly. I, I know what you're saying, though, Mackie, because if you don't nail an auto properly in the first two yeah. weeks to get it really vividly growing, you know, strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, you can end up with a really bad first run.
2: Yeah, the, the reason why I would say is because new growers aren't that fucking great at doing training or doing trimming or doing anything or anything. They are. If you're very force, if you're very force, bro, mm-hmm. you're not going to be great at doing anything. Mm-hmm. And auto, I think an auto is the best, purely for that reason. Because if you don't just let it do its thing,
1: well, auto's good if you a nice
2: bit of weed, mm-hmm. and then it allows you that you have time that you can start to fucking experiment. I think autos are great if you're
1: growing outdoors, man, specifically outdoors, because you just plant that thing and it's done in twelve weeks. And if there's light leaks from cars passing by, street lights. You know, all these different things that can have an effect on the light cycle. And we'll go into that in a second, you know, then it won't hermaphrodite and that means it will grow male flowers and pollinate itself. And then you'll have seeds inside your buds and you don't want that. So you want to try and avoid the whole hermy thing, but, and that is less likely to happen if you're going with autos. So autos are a good choice, man, but that's what auto flowering plant is. You'll just plant it, feed it until the end of its life, and then chop it down. You don't need to alter the light cycle, which is uh something that is, you have to know about when you go to photo period plants monkey you want to have a quick run through what photo period plants are well,
0: photo period plants the plant will have two two separate life cycle distinct phases one will be the vegetative stage and one will be the, the blooming stage in a photo period plant and the way you change from from going from one to another in vegetative stage you can pretty much give the plant as much light as you want to it, some people have grown them under 24 hours light but most people use 18 hours of of light and then six hours of dark and the plant will just continue to grow forever like that will never bloom it'll just stay healthy and green if you keep it fed and keep it keep it trained and give it enough space but then if you want to make it bloom on a photoperiod plant you change your light cycle so you have at least 12 hours of darkness at night Mm -hmm. and that will cause the plant to trigger its bloom cycle it'll start stretching it'll it'll make buds and then then it's life cycle at that point, it starts ticking a clock because it, it's on a, just like an auto, it's, it's on a timer to a finish at that point, mm-hmm. but you have to trigger it by by switching the light cycle. That's in, in a nutshell, that's all photo yeah.
1: is. And that's all used to only be available to everybody with these photo period plants where they'd be on 18, six for veg and then 12, 12 for flower. And autos are reasonably new, been like 15, 20 years since auto's been around, right?
0: I think that's about right. And. Mm. So, and it's made for, things a lot easier for sure. Yeah, I didn't know anything about about uh, photo period, the light cycles, or anything on my first grow. It was a bag seed, up and I planted it in in the fall, and it started blooming right away. It was like crazy. Sweet. At least
1: it got done fast.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, small small plant too. But hey, everybody, you got to start somewhere, you know. So. And the were, auto flowers
3: have been around for thousands of years, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. A, the yeah. Ruderalis, yeah. ruderalis.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Not commercially but yes Mm
1: -hmm. and then uh we have because then you have your auto flowering plants and your feminized plants sorry your photo period plants and then you have feminized which pretty much is what it says on the tin right it's just uh plants being feminized tg you want to have a quick run through what feminized seeds are and how they work
3: feminized yeah feminized is the word everybody uses but female seeds are probably you know a more apt name because that's all they are they're just they're going to be female plants feminized kind of implies it They, yeah Something's anyway i'm not going to them yeah yeah and something was done to them but not really anything out of the ordinary it was just a pollination that just happened to only have x chromosomes in the sex mm-hmm. bits uh-huh. and now they're all female but anyway that's what a female or feminized seeds are they're just they say 99 will be guaranteed to grow female plants and it's just like what i've said i i don't know you guys probably know that a, have seen my reversals and stuff. You you reverse a female plant by uh, spraying with silver thiosulfate or or colloidal silver at 33 ppm. It starts growing male flowers. The pollen in said male flowers only contains the female uh, sex chromosome, which then you pollinate another female with, which also only has the female sex chromosome, obviously, because it's a female. Mm -hmm. So the progeny, i.e. the kids, Seeds will also only have female sex chromosomes because there's no male sex chromosomes in there to even deal with at all. So that's Absolutely. the feminized. Um, autos can be feminized, photos can be feminized, but photos are not autos. People get that mixed up. And the regular versus feminized is kind of a dumb one. Regular is like a very vague term.
1: GB is going to cover that. But one, GB
3: right? will cover that one in a minute. But yeah, it's like. Feminized, all that means is you're gonna get female seeds or you should right. only get female seeds. Mm-hmm.
1: Like 99.9% you should get a that's female right. plant. Yeah. And that those
3: photos guarantee- and autos can be fem- feminized, right? Correct, yeah. 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 But this also doesn't guarantee you that you won't get male flowers on your feminized seeds because mm-hmm. stability is a whole nother thing. If they're prone to uh, hermaphroditism, then you're gonna get both and that's right. not good.
1: And when you say both, that's where regular seeds come in. Which GB, you want to explain what regular seeds are, mate?
2: Regs are basically just that. They are regular seeds. You get male and female in them. You know, it's, as TG was going on with the chromosomes, you get, you have a mix of both. Mm -hmm. So when you Uh, plant a seed, it's going to be 50% male plant or 50% female plant, right? Well, I've always, to be fair, I've always had a better ratio of females to male. And I know even in the wild, there does be, there tends to be more yeah. females to males because you only need one male to pollinate fucking half a field of females as such. You know, yeah. but um, they, they, they do say it's a 50-50. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: I was reading from a breeder the other day. He was claiming that uh, it was closer to 35-65 for the exact same reason you just said, mm-hmm. GB. He said that nature doesn't produce as many males because uh, they don't need as many, but I, in my head, the math doesn't work out. If you if you're, if it's if XY chromosomes work the same way, no, the math says would... it's gonna be a 50% mix, but yes. I got so I don't know who to believe.
3: You should believe, if you guys don't believe that environmental factors can influence that, then you should believe the math because that's okay. exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. If nature decides, who is nature? What is nature? Nature is like effects on the seed. Oh, it's like oh, there's not very many, unless that's just inherent in the seed. But I, I kind of doubt that. So I'm, I'm more more down with the Mendelian or Mendelian, Mendelian ratios. You know? thing,
2: yeah. To me, would it not go that you've got two X's, then you have an X and a Y, so therefore you have more chances of having an XX combination than you do of having an XY combination?
0: No. No. the the female can only ever throw an x at at the situation and the male can throw an x or a y is one of each so you know if you split it up he's going to throw one x and one y Mm -hmm. so half of them is going to be one half is going to be the other
1: so let's just quickly explain that whole pollination process is the male cannabis plant will grow flowers on it that release pollen and the female plant the female cannabis plant will grow flowers that will receive the pollen and grow the seeds so mm-hmm. when the male plant grows up and the, it produces the pollen, the wind will blow the, the plants and the pollen will be lifted. And that will fly on the breeze to land on a female plant where that uh, pollinates. the What is it called? The stigma? Was it the anther? Stigma, the, the female, the yeah, anther the, is
3: what drops the pollen off of the male flower.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. that will grow, the, the pollen will pretty much grow into a cannabis seed. And it will have 50% of the male's genetics and 50% of the female's genetics to make up a new seed, which will make a new phenotype of whichever strains the mother and the father was pretty much. But a female plant, when it's pollinated, can produce thousands of seeds, a ridiculous amount of seeds. Tens
3: of thousands even.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And yeah. each one of those seeds can potentially become another cannabis plant it just depends on what genetics what came from the parents and that's how the feminist the, the feminist seeds <laughs> that's how the uh the, the feminized seeds come along is that both parents are female yeah. it's just one of those females have been chemically induced to grow male flat male true. parts which have female genetic pollen
3: and you hit an important point there chemically induced because nature in all of its glory and all, I mean, nature is a lot of chemicals, it doesn't produce colloidal silver specifically to spray on weed plants, right? And reverse them and make feminized. So this only happens synthetically or anthropogenically, I guess we should say, due to humans, right? Only humans make feminized seeds. So in the wild, you'll never find feminized seeds unless they're produced through hermaphroditism. And we've mentioned
1: that a couple of times as well. Do you want to quickly explain what hermia is there, TG?
3: Yeah, sure. It's just the wrong kind of flower growing on the plant. You know, if you have a female plant with mostly or female parts and you get a male flower growing on it, that's hermaphrodites kind of a, I don't know if that's really the right term intersex plant might be more appropriate. It's one of those semantics things, but hermaphrodite, everybody knows what that means, but yeah, basically, and you can have it the other way too. I've actually had male plants um, grow a whole shitload of stigma, stigmata out of the top mm-hmm. and turn into a fucking kind of a female thing that's it it
1: does work both ways but because most growers only want to grow female plants to get the buds with the nice yeah. thc and the crystals on and shit then a lot of people don't grow male plants so you won't see it the opposite way too much yeah
3: the problem with those hermes though is because when we do it anthropogenically you know through the silver treatments that's that's us doing it it wasn't induced by some and an external factor like a light leak or bad too cold or you know whatever the fuck it is whereas and basically we controlled that but we don't want these hermes because we really can't control that if it's really unstable and you get Hermes, you know male flowers on your females all the time no matter what which can happen that's you know that's out of our control and while the seeds produced would be female likely They would also carry that hermaphroditic trait, which would fuck up everything that you're trying to do. That's why people hate them. So
1: that's right. Sensi, sensei, sensei, uh, yeah, sensimia. Sensimia. That's a Spanish word, I think, right? Yeah. But without seed. That's right. And that's what most growers want when they grow uh, female plants. And that's why most growers, if you're growing cannabis for personal use, so you can use it to smoke it or make edibles or extracts or whatever you want to do with the cannabis you would just grow a female plant now if you're going to get regulars you're going to if you're going to grow regulars and you're going to do what we recommended and grow four plants in a 1.2 meter grow tent then you're going to have to pop eight seeds because there's a chance that 50% of them are going to be male and 50% of them are going to be female and you have to be reliant on, on the odds there and this is why most growers would choose to use uh feminized seeds because that's got a, a, a much higher chance of it being a female plant it will most likely be a female so you don't have to waste four seeds assuming about four of them are
2: going to be male they're all going to be female so you can nice. just
1: pop four feminized seeds
2: i've a friend of mine over here in ireland who popped 20 regs and got 15 15 males Damn. <laughs> yeah that was awful. just bad 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 look. <laughs>
3: you know the odds balance out somewhere else (laughs) the thing is is you can't you know it's a 50 50 ratio but it doesn't mean out of two seeds you're going to get a male and a female that ratio is based on a huge sample size and the larger the number the larger the sample the more accurate that ratio becomes but there's always going to be deviations so you can't be like "Fuck! i only got i got nine out of 12 my past grow because i grew some auto regs Mm -hmm. that i made and yeah that's 75 percent so way off the ratio but if i would have grown more eventually it would equal out right so
0: i mean my my run right now with the regs was four females out of four so i mean you never know that's awesome
2: yeah Yeah, i've had had really good luck with regs as well monkey um Mm i out tgs um a472 out of six i only got two males
3: sweet I've had good luck with mine. Mm -hmm. I I threw down 20 crystal and eddy seeds last night for a secret project I'm going to be doing. (laughs) 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 Um, But I only need one. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to definitely get one, but I'm, it's kind of like a little bit of a selection too. So I'm not just looking for a female, but I want a good female now. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I fully expect to get probably eight to 12 males out of this too. So.
1: If you're looking well, at breeding, sorry, Marge you
4: Yeah, just a quick question about the seeds. If someone's looking to buy regular versus feminized, are the regular typically less expensive to buy than the feminized seeds?
1: Oh, it that used depends. to be, but yeah, nowadays regulars <laughs> are more expensive than feminized because because people want to well, people want to yeah. breed with them. Depends was, on it. Yeah, it depends yeah. where
0: you get them from. I found one in Oregon that sells regs, and, and it's like uh, three dollars US per seed. You know, they're regs, so they're cheap.
2: Mm. I was looking at new ones that came out on a Humboldt Seed organization, and they're like 250 quid for 20 regs. Damn. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking expensive. But it's, it's, there's a lot of time and money goes into making them, so.
3: Yeah. Honestly, though, man, like, I don't know. Brian was saying earlier, he got some Gorilla Glue clones, but the guy who he got them from spent $500 on three seeds and it's like that's a lot of money and honestly three c's even if the the parent parental genetics are the fucking firest shit ever you're not really guaranteed nope. to get that out of the three that... even if you sell oh. them and there's stable parents and everything i mean genetics mm-hmm. can recombine in all kinds of ways right mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah
2: i've seen i've seen tug pug man tug pug genetics some of his fucking stuff goes for thousands of euros yeah really Yeah, you know, our thousands of dollars sorry it's, it's fucking it's hype, crazy honestly in my
3: yeah. opinion you know if you but so, is anyway.
4: it worth buying regular seeds then? Like for someone who's not looking to breed or get into they just want to grow weed? Is uh, it worth buying regular nah, seeds? No, feminized seeds all the
1: way, man. I mean, yeah. there's some tales, some rumors. You know how the bro science goes with cannabis growing, but getting regulars, growing a regular female will end up with a, a better quality than growing a feminized plant. But I just think that's one of those rumors. I don't think there's any evidence to support that.
2: So it might the only thing that I would say is that maybe there might be a reg that you can't get in a feminized or an auto. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that
4: will
2: be the only that will be the only reason that would want me to grow out. Mm-hmm. You know, regs. It is
3: true. Regs there's a lot more variety in regulars, yeah. I would say. All the feminized kind originally came from regulars, right? Mm-hmm. And feminizing you do run into some issues because in order to feminize you have to self. The seed mm-hmm. and in inherently in selfing, you do run into well if you do it too much you can get inbred nests because you're the plant's fucking itself so there's no new genetic inputs so eventually you can have uh deleterious genes crop up and then uh reduced vigor and stuff so then there's there's ways to in, in uh reinvigorate them and stuff That's but right. th- this this isn't about breeding, this is fucking yeah. seeds. Mm-hmm.
2: But then an awful lot, as, as TG said as well, an awful lot of the new stuff that's coming out, boy breeders, an awful lot of it is regs.
3: Mm. They're easier to make, I mean, to be honest. And yeah. for that, you know, like, you, you can have a bigger selection in terms of the genetic diversity. You find a really fucking good male and stuff. And, like, mm. not that there's anything wrong with selfing. Like, that's how you... That's how you can preserve other or genetics in in ways too, but yeah, outcrossing or or making further F lines, I guess, in this sense, you can really nail down some fucking unreal shit, and really the only way to do that is through regulars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: That's it. and these you can also when you've, you you get your regular seeds, you know, and you find out which ones are male and which ones are female, and you keep which one you want most likely you keep the female, and then like uh, who said it there. Um, Artman says uh, fifteen out of twenty. That's why I clone, but that's it. When you find a good female, you can take cuttings from it and you and grow the clones out instead. So from one seed, you can grow many, many female plants.
4: But to, you can't you can't take cuttings from an auto,
1: right? You can, but it won't grow properly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's better yeah. to or- just leave
4: or- the okay.
3: auto to grow from seed to finish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, autos are on a fixed time schedule. So we can I mentioned in chat, usually you can only take clones by about week three just because of mm-hmm. the size of the plant. Mm-hmm. And probably odds are your auto is gonna start flowering in the next if it hasn't already, if it's a fast flowering one, in the next week or two. And mm-hmm. so the cutting you take will also be that exact same age. And therefore we'll also start to try start flowering too, because mm-hmm. it's you know, and then that just won't work because it's got a root and okay. all this. I've never actually tried it, so Correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know,
4: <laughs> I haven't either, but that's just something to keep in mind for anybody. If they want to start making clones that you have to be using a photo period.
1: Yeah. And uh, and that's photo period. It doesn't matter whether it's regular or feminized as long as it's a photo period, uh-huh. because regular and feminized, two different things. But so let's say, because there's going to be new people listening to this wondering what seeds should they get now with all that information, which we've just given them, which was quite a bit, what is the best choice? for them GB what would you choose you're going you're going to buy some I, seeds I would, what are you going if, to
2: go for if I was seeds for a very forced grow I will buy autos mm. and I will probably go with Um, I started off with Mazar it was such an easy plant to grow with mm-hmm. you know from Dutch Passion yeah yeah you know, that, that's, that's what I would recommend yeah. what about you TG what would you say was the best
1: thing for a new grower to go for
3: grower yeah um you know autos are really easy if, if you have your pot big enough you're not going to have it be root stressed it's really just like marge said dump water in it until it's done um assuming you maybe super soil you have to feed it too but yeah autos i think probably because the light schedule isn't a hard thing to deal with but it is easy to fuck up. You know, you forget that you're growing or if you're a new grower, you've never done this before and you're not used to the, the schedule. You walk downstairs to get something out of your freezer or whatever the fuck's down there and, oh, shit, you know, that can do it. And, and light leaks, your, as I,
1: just simple yeah. light leaks getting into the tent can really fuck up a follow yeah, period. Yeah,
3: exactly. So autos are a lot more malleable in terms of, like, you don't need a dark room to to do them. You, you can grow them. I grow them outside. It's the only thing I grow outside here in Saskatchewan because – I can't finish a photo. It'll start flowering, but then it'll die because it gets frost and, mm-hmm. and freezes to death before it's done. So I have to grow autos. So depending on where you are in the world and how much sunlight you get and how long your growing season is, if you're a new grower, um, that's something to consider as well. But yeah, autos are the easiest uh, for me, I would say for new people to get your kind of head around.
1: Well, you say monkey, what you think?
0: Well, when I started, I started on on photos, um, but I'm not going to let that influence my my decision. I think if I was a new grower today, knowing what I know now, I'd go with an auto version of something simple like a white widow, because uh, that's going to give you a really fast turnaround on a on a low maintenance plant. And I think a lot of new growers, that's what a lot of new growers are looking for, something they can have fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good point. That would give you decent quality weed at, at a pretty Pretty easy selection there. What do you think, Marge? What would your choice be?
4: Well, it's funny that Monkey brought up the White Widow because when we were doing our indoor hydroponics grow, that's what we started with. And mm-hmm. it was a good one to start with because it was pretty simple to grow and it had decent yields. And it was a, you know, it was pretty forgiving. Mm-hmm. But I also agree with Temple on the auto, auto flower too, because I have a shorter season here as well for outdoor growing. And it's just they're just so easy and low maintenance as well. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, you can get overwhelmed with the different choices and options out there. If you look at any seed bank and you see how many different seeds are available, sometimes it's just a matter of picking something that you like and just doing yeah, it. For sure.
1: Yeah. For sure. And this is a like for all the, the episodes we've done so far in the new Grow Guide series. like everything you have to try and choose just what works best for you because there's so many ways of doing all of this shit what tent to use how much how much space to grow in what light to use what medium to use what seeds to grow what strain to grow should it be autos? should it be photos there's just so many different decisions you have to make and you have to make them for yourself essentially just get as much information as you can and then decide what's going to work best for you Um, And most people nowadays, autos would be a good way to start, man. It would be a nice, easy way to start because they're they're so good nowadays. It's not like they were 10, 15 years ago where it was hit and miss with the genetics. If you go to a good seed bank and get good autos, you'll end up with a good plant. And all you have to do pretty much is just plant it and feed it properly. And when you get to the end of harvest, it's done. You don't have to worry about light leaks and things like that. F- photo yeah. periods are also good though, because if you have mistakes and you, you're on the learning curve, you know, well, uh, you know, there's always the learning curve when you learn anything new, but if you do have problems in the early days of the growth, then you've got time to fix it and adjust the feed and, and just make sure that the plant's feeling better before you put it into flower. And then you'll probably get a better result at the end,
0: but you don't have like that option
1: to, with photo with auto plants. Sorry. Michael.
0: Yeah. I said, I, I like to use our uh, photos. If you're a new grower, to learn how to train a plant, because mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot to that, and and with a photo, you can take your time and do what you want to do, learn it right, and then flip it.
2: Yeah, yeah that. That's why I was saying, um, monkey, for to get to get the basics of keeping the plant alive. So just yeah. basically, like if you're in cocoa, trying to get your head around cocoa to force time and to try. Mm-hmm working in with training and working in with life schedules and things like, it can be a bit overwhelming for some people. And mm-hmm. you know? um, and that's why like I I I personally would advise people that leave your photos for two, maybe three sometimes, just so that you get into your whole comfortable routine of what way it should be. Because but when this... you have the comfortable of the of that part down, well then you can concentrate quite easily on the other and it won't interfere. But there's also something else that people should consider is when you go for the photo periods the
1: night the night cycle is 12 hours rather than six mm. so when you grow in autos for the whole life cycle of an auto flower you'll keep it on at least 18 hours a day with six hours darkness that's Ooh, how would you know way. your lights are on for 18 hours a day rather than 12 hours yeah. a day which would be photo period and some people even go further than that with 20 hours of light per day and some even go with the full 24 hours of light no yeah, darkness for an auto flower so that, that no makes a big 20. difference on the energy bills if you're growing outdoors like tg said it growing autos is great because you can probably get two seasons out of it as well it's not just all plant early and then you're and done
3: if you can grow photos do outdoors but cuz then you, you i mean there's you'll get these you massive plants doing that it? and it there's nothing you can do anyway unless you're doing light depth. so mm-hmm yeah if you're in a position where you can grow photos like some in on Vancouver island they do in southern ontario some some places they do mm-hmm. apparently um so but yeah further north
1: you get the then the better you are doing an auto rather than a photo yeah yeah for sure but so many options man and just like anything else with any of this if you need any help if you have any questions, then just go over to Percy sign up if you're not a member already it's absolutely free And then you can just ask the questions and you'll be able to find out everything you need right there from experienced growers who already figured out the answers to these questions for themselves. And just like everything else, it's going to depend specifically on your situation. You'll be able to find somebody in a similar situation to you and get ideas from them, but there's no way anybody can tell you, this is how to do it because there's no exact way on how to do any of this. People can just help you try and figure out the way you are going to do it because it's different for everybody. It's like a science and an art form together at the same time. So t- take that into consideration when you do when you think, man. But make your choice. Find your medium, find your seeds, and begin the grow. And that's what we'll cover next week is we'll cover how to germinate cannabis seeds and how to take cuttings. So you'll be able to get your own growth started from them. And then, and then you should uh, pop your seeds, man, and get ready. But before we quickly move on, what strains would we all recommend? You see, I would just, I recommend anything, anything that anybody enjoys the most. Like you've been to Amsterdam or <laughs> some other place and you're like, that shit is delicious. Uh, I'm going to grow that. Just go for that. And it's all the same shit, really. Some will take longer than others. If you're looking for a fast harvest, then find a fast harvest strain It's one which uh, flowers quickly. But just grow something you like, because then when it comes to the end of it, you're going to enjoy it. And that's the most important thing, making sure that you enjoy whatever you've you've spent months growing. You want to make sure you enjoy it. So make sure it's a strain you enjoy. This is there a particular strain you'd recommend TG? BC's A472. <laughs> yeah.
3: There we go. There we go. No, I don't know. I mean, I had a really, really good experience. and uh, I don't, you know, I don't usually like to promote breeders or whatever, but uh Barney's Farms Pineapple Express Auto. Mm-hmm. I got as a couple of freebies that thing was done in like fucking 50 days or 54 days Damn and it was great. like it, it was tropical it was resinous it was easy as fuck to grow no problem it was just in in my soil it was water only so i suspect it's a very low maintenance thing so i would recommend oh, okay. that you know Absolutely. if you if you have access to it um but other than that don't spend too much on shit is, would be my advice because while mephisto is cool and i i've grown mephisto myself very g- good reputation for autos they're expensive as fuck and if you're a first-time grower you might fuck up so um yes you know
0: good point anyway. what do you
1: think monkey what would you suggest the first strain for people to grow the white
0: widow well uh, white widow or, or i'd probably go with something that's been around a while like uh white widow northern lights something to that effect because well lots and lots of people have grown them and so when you have a problem people are going to know exactly what's going on with those strains mm-hmm. but nowadays there's so many easy to grow genetics out there I'm, I'm going to kind of lean a little bit into your answer as well if you if you if you're looking for a specific taste find something you like because there's a ton of it out there these mm-hmm, days mm-hmm. every flavor you can imagine
1: that's right Were you saying gb what would you recommend for people to grow first strain
2: yeah, but I I am kind of on the, the same lines as as monkey. You know, go with something that's old, that somebody's mm-hmm. that that you know has been around. Like, I, I'd recommend AK forty seven for anyone that's mm-hmm. grown over here because AK is such a nice plant. And Jack Heron, was has nobody fucking, mentioned that Jack yet? What's going well, I, was <laughs> to, I was that's coming to too. Jack. I was coming to Jack next. Yeah, man. But they 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 would be the tree. Would be Northern Lights Jack or AK forty seven as well. They would be the tree, mm. and they're 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 such, um, they're hardy plants. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can make mistakes as mm-hmm. such with them, and they'll bounce back very easy. You know, especially with AK forty seven, it works well in cold climates. You know? Yeah, yeah. So what?
1: loads of shit that works. modge what what would you recommend?
4: Well, again, I'm like I said, the White Widow, but in the Auto Flower I had last year. I did a Magic Melon by the Humboldt Seed Company. Not Humboldt Seed
3: organization organization, two different things. It turned out Mm
4: -hmm. really, really great. I can't complain. So, just that you like. I think that make that makes the most sense. because pick something that
1: you like, and if you need help, head over to purses and people will put you in the right direction, man.
4: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think you're onto something there with uh, picking them old ones. You know, stable genetics, and they're the old ones that are still around are still around for a reason. It's because they're fucking good. Yeah, so if you get any of those, you you won't be disappointed. But just yeah. like we've said it many times, the most important thing is get started, man. What are you yeah. waiting for? You know, well, get your shit together
0: and start growing your own weed. Do it. I didn't say skunk because I didn't think I didn't think you wanted to start with like a really smelly one. You know, first time grower. Oh man, that's a good one though. It's, it's a good one, dog. but yeah, but but you're also gonna have to fight that odor. New growers sometimes that can be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, so. a bit scary as well. Yeah. Anxiety inducing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> good shit. That's the good shit. Well, I
1: think but yeah. that's about it, really. We can we can give for for this episode. That's about it for the grow guides. There's loads of information there. And if you have any questions, make sure you head over to PercySgrowroom.com, Sign up to, to the forum and just ask questions, man. Good community over there. That's happy to answer any questions you have. So go over there and ask them. Use it to your advantage.
2: Yeah. What I would say as well, um, sometimes it does be an awful lot cheaper to buy the multi-packs, like a a Mm five-pack or things like that, than it is just to buy one seed. Yeah, yeah, The amount of people I know that buy just one seed and then they'd be so disheartened when the seed doesn't fucking germinate or Mm -hmm. it doesn't take off. And then they have to go back to it again to buy one more. (laughs) Especially when you're a
1: new grower as well, you might fuck up that germination process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say
2: get three-pack minimums. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three, three,
1: pack three to five ten at the most yeah. you shouldn't need any more than ten and that can be a little expensive but when you come to the end of, and your harvest is done and you've got ounces and ounces of cannabis from it it's like it, it's worth worth spending the money on the good seeds man so do it do it. uh we have some questions we should get to before we wrap everything up uh what? one for marge uh yes. But about edibles again, people are always asking you about edibles, man. Like, we don't know anything about edibles, March.
4: <laughs> oh, it's kind of funny, isn't it?
0: I wonder um, what that is. Hmm.
4: Yeah, I wonder. Well, it's because
0: we have small gonads now. You know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't do edibles. You know? <laughs> so, uh,
4: as long as nobody's been scared off by that article, I'll answer this question from I'm Sparky, which is What is your favorite easy edible recipe?
1: You know, Sparky's Sparky's and- like i'm not interested anymore don't worry much
4: <laughs> <laughs> take this answer with the green salt but i would say the easiest thing if you're making edibles is to do like the box mix mm-hmm. it's sort of a, a cheat i guess because you have your infusion and then everything's done for you as long as the re- as long as the box calls for an oil or a fat to put in it you don't want the ones that call for and nothing but water yeah because they taste they like shit well, that too, we need to put <laughs> your infusion in somewhere. So that's probably the easiest one that I've done. But I mean, I tend to like things that make a bunch of things. Like I made fudge around Christmas time. Uh, There's actually a listener sent in the recipe to me. And I think he's listening to this show now as well. So shout out Jeez. to listening. But um, something like that is great because it's pretty easy to make and i cut it up and put it in the freezer so when i want some i just take a piece or two out of the freezer and i eat them and then they keep forever or well until i eat them all mm, mm, mm. so just like that i know it's delicious and i do infuse them because i have made a batch of non-infused fudge around christmas time and i ate a disgusting amount of it <laughs> <laughs> so this really keeps my my uh sweet tooth in check um and then I lighten the. No, I mean, no,
1: don't eat any more of those. You'll be fucked up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I have done that as well. I will say, I've made. I remember Every. making a batch of cookies one time, and they were so good. And I ate two or three too many of them, and I had to call them sick to work the next day because I just <laughs> <about my> <laughs> not one of my finer moments. So don't do that. <laughs> But, uh, another thing too, and I've never done this by decarbing in the oven, but I have an ardent FX and that's like a a device that allows you to decarb your weed. And it's incredibly precise. And they claim that the cannabis you get out of it is far more activated than if you're using an oven to decarb because your oven temperatures can vary so much Mm -hmm. and you can use that decarb cannabis and like pretty much just throw it in anything. You don't even have to put into an infusion. So that doesn't really get much easier than that. But I do feel like the Ardent makes a big difference when it comes to decarbing, if you're going to go that route, but. Nice. Um, that's something else for something easy because you could sprinkle it on your salad. You could do whatever, you know, throw it into your next cookie mix or, or that kind of thing. And then of course you can always take some of your infusion, honey, syrup works really well, or your coconut oil and just put it into like a hot drink.
1: Yeah. And if everybody's there, like damn, that sounds complex. There's so many different things you can do March has a recipe for all of this over That's at her. Right. Uh, you got a website too, haven't you, Raj?
4: I do. It's bitemepodcast.com for Bite Me the Show About Edibles.
1: Yeah, man. So get over there and learn about edibles, everybody it's like most of you are like probably over 30 or something i mean i don't know how old our listeners are but we've got have plenty of people who already had their children so you don't have to worry about your ball shrinking and things like that so oh, that's right just, just get over there and, and make yourself just some edibles man some of
4: that edibles, <laughs> wild abandon and don't worry about don't worry about the ball size anymore. yeah
1: yeah and that's <laughs> scientific term now March. ball size
4: that's
0: right maybe we're looking for <laughs> birth control maybe we want more scientific. more edibles you know what i mean
1: so bite me podcast.com is that it much yes. sweet yeah. go there everybody make sure you're listening to my show as well then we have a, a complicated ish one because it's got a complicated wording that i can't really uh, pronounce properly from postman wayne uh, what's up postman wayne i hope you're all good bro uh, has anyone tried adding potassium polycrylate to the soil to extend the time between watering this is a soil question it's probably down to you tg
3: uh well i don't know what the fuck that is and yeah, i don't I know what that is it.
1: either it's yeah. like,
3: a, a water crystal yeah here. based on the question i would agree with monkey it's some sort of thing that helps uh absorb water and then probably slowly release it through the soil so you don't have to water as often or something and uh i've used products like that not in my cannabis but um yeah, i don't know i just fucking watered enough that's all. <laughs> what do you no, yeah, why you I don't have,
1: know. Why would you want to extend the time between your soil waterings? Anyway, it's already like three or four days, right? If, if you got to go somewhere, maybe.
3: I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think yeah, it's, it's... it says
2: it reduces plant stress. Oh,
3: okay. I don't know. I, yeah, potassium
2: accurate maximizes plant growth by reducing plant stress. It How? also absorbs and releases soil nutrients. Yeah, well, I don't so know enough about it, but I'm kind of yeah. wondering if if that would
0: uh, inhibit the wet dry cycling mm. and adding more we-
1: potassium to the medium as well that's going to increase potassium
0: levels i assume if it leaches if it's an unstable compound right mm-hmm. so yeah there's lots of different
1: options out there twisted has got a cool automated watering system and mm. uh, sparky said in the chat there he uses blue mats blue mats are a good option if you want to try and reduce the amount of time you have to water the plant very hard to get them to this side of the pond well for blue mats yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but very there's other familiar. options, man. You can set up uh, an automated waterless system pretty easily. It's not very difficult. Mm. You just have to get the equipment, but you can do it. It's, it's easy enough.
2: I I put one together for I think less than thirty five euro. Yeah, it's oh, about yeah, I'd say so about,
1: 40, about forty quid. You get it also. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. And that was just uh, one layer. I copied monkey basically with a, yeah. a timer that goes down to the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that the most expensive part of it you. right
0: there. It's a the timer. Everything else yeah. is pretty minimal after that. Some tubing and, you know, it's an aquarium, fish, uh, fish, fish pond pump. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And then we
1: have one here from Billy Bonds. Can you dry out bubble hash on a radiator? Yes, you can,
0: but it's better to let it dry naturally. Yeah. I was going to say, that's the question. Yeah, of course you can, but, but. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I assuming have, that if
0: it gets too hot, you're going to lose terpenes. And it doesn't
1: even take mm-hmm. that long either. I mean, you, you're just squashing it a lot. You know, when you squash it, it's pretty much wringing out the
2: water. So it doesn't take long to actually get it dry. I don't know how this works. Maybe one of you could explain it more. But I have seen um, somebody who they, they get the, the dry sift hash. Mm-hmm. They push it all together and then re- refreeze it and then take it back. And then mm. grind it with a with a you know cheese grater. Yeah, yeah. And they use the real fine side, and they do it back out. Mm-hmm. And it dries it dries a lot quicker and more evenly. Mm. Have any of you seen that? It was Mister? Um, yeah, I've,
1: I've heard somebody doing it before. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it done. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't really make a lot
1: yeah. of hash. You know, Chilbert is the hash guy from Percy's. Really, he knows what he's doing with that kind of shit. When you do. Make this hash. You should be pressing it together like Frenchy cannoli would do. He'd get a hot water bottle, well, a glass bottle that's full of hot water, and he would roll it over the hash to help it uh, merge together properly, help it stick together and shit. So I'm, I, I assume that wouldn't get up to the same temperatures. I mean, when you're doing it with a with a hot water bottle, it would be much harder doing it that way than it would be sitting on a radiator to dry. So it won't make too much of a difference, I'd assume. But if you can let it just sit there in normal room temperature with a fan over it to let it dry off I think that would be the best way to do it
2: not directly on it because it'll blow it off
1: (laughs) but it shouldn't be uh you should keep it in a block form before you do that and it's not just left as like the powder because even that doesn't take very long so if you're making dry ice hash and you just shake it up onto the side it doesn't take very long for it to dry out it's not a long process anyway you shouldn't be so impatient really you should maybe smoke some wet hash and (laughs) wait a little bit longer (laughs) But I don't think it what do you think, TG? You think that will what, what are you think about that?
3: You might get, I don't know how hot it gets, but you'd probably get some some sort of degradation. You definitely lose terpenes. <laughs> um I don't know. If you guess if you're in a hurry. I've dried weed in a toaster before. Not, oh, not toaster there. weed. Uh, toaster bud, actual toaster bud. And I wow. brought it over to some like OG stoners, and I was like, hey, try this. And they're like, oh, this is uh good
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah if you could see my face you'd see i was not being serious
1: <laughs> would yeah. hot water bottle road keith be accepted in the hash comp yes Rasha, get on it mate everybody needs to enter the french you cup over at purses as well and show off your hash making skills you maybe i'll make
3: a fucking little rope i gotta clean up my grinder it's been it, almost it. three years yeah, now three actually more than three years it's been filling so
1: yeah sweet and Lock. then we have one more from sg2 but it's a little complex uh Fuck. optimal light intensity intensity in the par for different stages of growth and dlis i'll just say about 18 inches away from the plants man it <laughs> was wrong with that it gets in complex when it's all par and shit like that and different stages of growth well, 18, I, i've
0: got some information
1: if he, if he wants it but yeah man what are you saying? Okay.
0: Well, I mean, seedlings basically in, in all, and this is a very basic cannabis guideline because strains are different. Sometimes some of them want more, some want less, but about 250 PAR in seedlings, about 450 PAR from teens up to about nine inches tall, then about 500 PAR as you switch to 1212, 750 PAR mid bloom, 850 PAR late bloom, and then hold 850 or fade back down either way on your last three weeks. Bam.
3: Fuck off all the time. I just blast them.
0: Yep, yeah, me
2: too. <laughs> How do we... oh, No,
3: percent yeah. I, I like time.
0: numbers. I like numbers. So, I, ha- I you know, I've got a meter and I like I like to know what I'm doing. It's just me.
2: I, I was talking to, to Shane and Migro um uh, there last week, and he was saying that they, the LEDs and things now, from and, and it's not even just from his manual, from all of them, they, they are so well done now. He said that they are fairly a uh, fairly good even spread of power across, and you don't really t- tend to get the hotspots. Is that what you're talking about?
3: The numbers though are important, and the numbers really, unless you have a quantum sensor. I know there's an app that the aforementioned Shane talks about. Uh, I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a micro app, but it's just on your cell phone, and it's pretty accurate apparently. But yeah, I agree with Monkey. Uh, about the about the 700 mark when he that's that's about what i shoot for and that's based on shane's videos that's Mm -hmm. you know what his optimal height is when when he does his to try to find the optimal height of all his his light tests he looks for about uh 700 average micromoles across the space and i think it hits a thousand like right in the middle right underneath and a thousand is a bit much when you get a thousand plus par you're gonna need co2 supplementation yeah. Um, to really take advantage of that extra light. Otherwise, it's just going to be wasted, essentially. Maybe even damage your plants. But yeah. I would, I would, if if you need, if you don't have the ability to scale up like that, like most lights have a dimmer. And so you can do what Monkey was saying. But I would shoot for about 700 the whole time. That's what I do. I just turn my yeah. lights on and well, I mean, hang them.
0: Yeah. To... Once you get them past the teens and, and they're nice yeah. and healthy, yeah, you, you can hit them at 700 and, and go with it. Yeah.
3: The DLI, though, that's a good. Very interesting thing. It basically is just a measure of your par over the whole day. If nobody, if nobody knows what that is, um, you want about forty to fifty as a value moles per meter squared per day. Um, and yeah, it's just basically you just add up all the seconds. That's seven hundred par per meter squared is micromoles per meter squared per second. So you just find out how many seconds there are in a day and multiply that number by that and you end up with a dli and the dli is a really useful thing to uh you know also base your light efficiency on And if, you, if you're getting that amount of light you're probably good kind of thing commercial greenhouses have used that for forever and cannabis is kind of new maybe i don't know it's not a commonly discussed thing dr bruce bugby though at apogee institute definitely check him out he's got a lot of good fucking dli type information mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, 700 par, that would be my advice to you guys. So there we go, okay. man.
1: But that's the end of, of Grow Guides. I think that's all the questions answered there and we covered the, the seeds. <laughs> right, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, head over to persysgrowroom.com, sign up to the forum and drop a post in there. It's all real easy, it's free, and we have a great community over there that's ready to welcome you when you sign up so do it if you haven't already it'd be good to see you over there Uh, if you haven't already also follow us on instagram at instagram.com high on homegrown and you'll see there we have a competition where you can win three Barney's farm seeds with a grinder and a stash jar plus a signed copy of *Walter the wizard and the magic seed which is the book written by alison Littlefair, who we had on as an interview a few weeks ago so Make sure you head over to Instagram, like that post, tag free friends. Make sure you like our page, Instagram.com slash high and homegrown, and also walk to the wizards page as well. It's all linked in the post, so just head there and you'll find it. But well, I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll catch you on Sunday for the next episode. Thank you once again for joining us. It's always a pleasure. See you next week. Goodbye.